Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. Springboard is a multimedia, educational and personal development broadcast. The biggest of its kind running in this nation since August 2008. Springboard is brought to you by Legacy and Legacy and your Superstation Joy 99.7 FM and is proudly sponsored by EcoBank, the Pan-African Bank. Our print media support comes from the Business and Financial Times and the Graphic Business, while Dream Oval is our technology partner. The question we are trying to ask, do engineers make better CEOs than MBAs. In the 2017 list of 100 best performing CEOs put together by Harvard Business Review using shareholder value as a measure or increase in shareholder value, 32 of them had engineering degrees while 29% of them had MBAs. In 2016 and 2014, engineers made a good showing with 24 candidates each but but for full disclosure i mean while the engineers are celebrating this one let me put it on record that in those years the mbas actually had 29 as against 24 so this is the first time the engineers have overtaken the mbas but the question is are managers with engineering backgrounds better predisposed to leading corporate organizations than their colleagues who read mbas the proponents of engineering argue that it gives their practitioners a pragmatic orientation, a culture of execution, efficiency, reliability, and safety. They simply say engineers get things done. The MBA champions disagree and say business management is a specialized skill, a discipline that needs to be studied and appreciated with all the nuances and all the complexity of it. And so they cite several reports that show that people without that kind of education especially engineers, lack six of the ten critical management skills, namely business savvy, compelling communication, driving for results, entrepreneurship, influence, and inspiring excellence. These don't come naturally to the engineers. We're going to break this down tonight and find out who has has the word and who is just arguing for the sake of it. My guests tonight are seated, ready, and prepared, and they have their arguments, Put together, arguing in favor of the motion that engineers make better CEOs is engineer Ken Ashibe. He is the CEO of the Chim- Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications, and he's a he's an avowed engineer, the one who puts the engineer before his name. On the other side, <laughs> arguing on the other side is is Kofi Bento, the man who wears many hats, the vice president president of Imani Ghana. He's also a he's also a management consultant with Bento Consulting. And of course, he's arguing for the MBAs. Ken and Kofi, welcome to Springboard. Thank you very much, Thank Albert. You. Let me tell you the rules for tonight's debate. Okay. You are allowed to drop one point to favor the other party in your preamble or in your conclusion. It's you reserve the right, but your arguments whether you believe in them or not, are to establish that your side is the side 
that we should listen to. And our ultimate objective is to inform our listeners about opportunities in that area, the, the, the disposition of practitioners in that area. And you are allowed to be as strong as you can in making your point. You all have eight minutes each to present your main argument. We would allow you to go uninterrupted, um, but come in if there is a need to ask questions while you are presenting. After that, there will be the opportunity of a rebuttal for two minutes after the other party has made their points. Do you want to toss a coin or you are happy to let the engineers go first? Let's, let's, let's start. <laughs> no worry, I mean... It's, he's uh, my uh, senior, you see. Oh, he's, he's not... He's my senior. No, no, I'll go. Okay, so uh, the, the MBS all starts first. Let me let me say that we will be joined along the line by by some very notable practitioners who wear both hats as engineers and also as MBS, and they'll be trying to say, let us know the balance between the two um, two thoughts as we go along. We hope to have Professor Richardson, PK Richardson, joining us from from the United Kingdom. Madame Lucy Quist also bringing perspective as well as. Mr. Kofi Dazi of Rankard, who will be also giving us some dimensions to this discussion. It's a packed house tonight, both physically and virtually. We'll start with the argument against the motion presented by Mr. Kofi Benz. Kofi, it's your turn. This, this is a lawyer making a presentation. You should note that. Oh, you see. That's where, that's <laughs> their 40. <laughs> minus, 10, minus 10 points for Thank you very much. Please make sure that is taken out of his final score. Right. Okay, so the thing is, Engineers make better managers. I think there is a fundamental flaw in that whole arrangement. At the point where you are calling that person an engineer, he's not an engineer. If you break down that statement, you are getting to the point where you are saying that a background in engineering makes a person or predisposes a person to become a better manager or a good manager or an excellent manager. I can live with that. But you will find in the research that you cite that these people have a background in engineering plus other things, and they go and do a top-up, for the most part, in management. And then they go into, you know, leadership. And in the statistics you cited, you're saying that uh, 33 or so of them as against 29 people. And we don't know so much their background, okay? But... If you take it beyond 100, if you go, for instance, into 1,000, you will find that it is not just the scoring of the 100 that makes a difference. But across, for instance, 1,000, and clearly there are millions of CEOs, you will find that engineers do not necessarily top in terms of even number of uh, leaders or who are the best leaders. So, like you said, I'm happy to concede maybe one point to them. It matters the kind of background you come into leadership or, you know, uh, um, be a CEO. It matters. And in this time of, you know, existence, you know, we are in the information age, okay, everything is science-based, all right? You necessarily need hard skills in mathematics. You need to be able to crunch numbers. You need to be quantitatively comfortable. 
And I think some of those things predispose engineers to be good leaders, but it doesn't make them good leaders. We know of many horror stories. I, I, one engineer told me that I just want to work with machines. I don't want to work with human beings because machines don't have emotions. They, you switch them on the switch and you switch them on, they go off. And I'm like, yeah, you should just go and stay in the programming room and not come out. And this guy had been promoted to be a manager. Okay. And now he has to deal with human beings and he was failing. Right. So it predisposes them, but it doesn't necessarily make them necessarily by virtue of being an engineer, a good manager. The point that has to be made, and the first and most important point for me is that these people we are calling engineers are indeed managers. Some of them have not done a day of engineering. They went through engineering school, picked up those skills, then went and topped that with management skills, mostly learning from an MBA. Okay, and then combining those skills, which clearly in a world like ours where number crunching, you have to go to, you know, the AGM, you have to deal with the financials and all those things. Basically, it's mathematical skills. Okay, it predisposes them. Now, if you're going to use engineering as a yardstick, then I'll say doctors make better CEOs because I think they have more of a critical mass or, or a select set of skills. Doctors have to deal in a very short time with very exigent matters. They open up a human being. They have to go in, do something right, seal it up, you know, and they have to make it work. And I think that their their, their skills and their experiences are more exigent if you are going to, you know, look at the base with which people come. Engineers have all the time, you know, to plan, to think through, to even do something and then fix it. All right. So all of that helps. But I think the important thing we must be focusing on here, and I think at the end of the day, what we are looking for is what do you need to be a good manager or a good CEO? I would concede that skills in engineering and math specifically are very useful. But those engineers calling themselves engineers who are good managers, they are managers and they are managing based on what they learned in business school taught by MBAs like myself. Kofi, let me just come in and ask you one question. You talked about what it takes to be an excellent manager and that, that caught my attention. So from your perspective, I mean, not in technical terms, generally, if somebody met you and said, what must a good manager necessarily have? What would be your answer? My answer would be the ability to define his challenge very clearly and disassemble the parts of that challenge and then to find the resources, including human resources, to deal with those challenges and reassemble them as a solution. So the important skill is the ability to define the problem he's faced with. And in defining it, a mathematical person will tell you that you have to now reduce it so when you want to solve a big mathematical problem, you reduce it, you solve it in little pieces, and then you pack it back up. Now, that simple statement, by the time you work through it, requires a lot of things. But you realize that it's a building process. It's an unpacking process. You see the engineering in it. And then it's a solving process. And then it's a reassembling process. In the process, you have to lead people. You have to work with and through people to achieve that. If you try to do it alone, you will fail. So... These are the things, and whatever you know, um, skills you have which make you able to do this better is likely to make you a very good leader. What, what, my final question on this what, what do what does a typical MBA practitioner have that makes them positively predisposed to define their challenge, disassemble the parts of it, find the resources? Uh, meant or deal with a problem and then reassemble the problem or issue the five things that you mentioned what does a typical MBA have that makes them positively disposed to do these five things? A typical MBA is taught to identify these things 
a typical MBA is taught five key things. And these five things are present in every company institution. One, human resource and its importance, how to manage it, how to hire people, retain them, train them, develop them, get them to do their work, and how to fire when you need to fire. The next thing he's taught is operations management, how to concentrate on the core business that you're doing. So even though um, Ken was an engineer, he became a manager in a newspaper company. His operations was newspaper operations. You have to go in there and do that. MBAs are taught to be able to appreciate what operation they are doing, address themselves to it, and lead through that process. The next thing they are taught is marketing. Whatever you do, you are doing it for somebody's benefit, for the person to exchange value with you in that thing. So you are selling it one way or the other. Now, if you can do the best, but you cannot find a way to get somebody to give you money for it, you're not getting anywhere. So they are taught to understand, appreciate marketing. The next thing they are taught is finance, how to manage money to achieve the things you need to achieve and use all that you have achieved to make money for your shareholders and for the business and all those other things. Now, the next thing that they are taught is admin and support, basically there are little things around the company that make the company work. A key one is IT. Okay, how to get things working together nicely. You know, make sure that your office is you know well done and all those other things. So MBAs are taught to appreciate these things very keenly, and they have to assemble resources to execute on these things. So I think it's the appreciation that you know makes an MBA a different person. These are some of the things too that sometimes um, engineers lack. They have a few of those things. And they need a lot of the others. Kofi's points are very simple. He says that the people that we call engineers, it's even a fallacy. They are not engineers in the first place. They are managers. They may have a background in engineering, but typically they go on to do an, a, a top-up in management, and that enables them to to be able to manage. He says that, listen, you may take 100, but when you spread it out to 1,000, the engineers will disappear in the mix. He says... While he concedes that mathematics and quantitative aptitude are beneficial in management, you are managing people and not machines. He says that if that was the main argument, then he would rather give it to doctors who have immediacy uh, in, in terms of what they are required to do. And therefore, the engineers have all the time to do what they do. He defines a good manager as somebody able to define the challenge, disassemble the parts, find the resources, deal with the problem, and then reassemble the issue or the problem at stake. It sounds like a very project orientation, but he goes on to say that the typical MBA has an advantage in that one because they learn about human resources, operations, marketing, finance, and admin, roles that are very key in becoming an excellent manager. Ken Ashibase, your turn to argue for the motion that engineers make better CEOs than MBAs. Over to you, Ken. Eight minutes for your main argument. Thank you very much. Um, I'll bet. You know, the interesting thing is that um, the only title I write is ING. And I wear it as a badge. You see, let's close this. You know, when my brother talks about uh, doctors, ask him the empirical basis for that. Yes, it's true. You know that in our world, what happens is that generally you choose the best students to do engineering and medicine but yes but look at look at the empirical you see what, what we're talking about now is not managers yes you go to you go to mba to become a manager learning to ap- apply you know principles but as an engineer what you are you learn to do is to be able to even question those principles so that in applying them you are able to take context into consideration let's take the data you supplied us uh, using the top, uh, top 10 hundred MBAs. You know that what it says is that you have 32 out of that 100. You have 32 
uh, engineers, and then you have 29 MBAs. It's as if that is not, not good enough. Go and take the, the top 100 brands globally, interbrand. Look, look at the interbrand. You find out that the top six are all engineers, and predominantly they tend to be electrical engineers. So if even you take the CEO for Coca Cola, the CEO for Coca Cola is an electronics uh, engineer, James Quincy. Um, the only place you see um, he, he comes um, in, in seventh. That's the Toyota CEO, Aki Toyoda. Fortunately, he's an engineer with an MBA. You know, the, good, the, the challenge with engineers, and I think sometimes that happens, that some of them might lack emotional intelligence, you know, the people's management skills, communication a bit. But the good thing is that because engineers are people who are constantly curious, they are constantly, you know, nosing around. So it's easy for them to sit in an MBA class and be able to grasp all the things that we're talking about. This world is a world where you need to be able to figure out how things work to be able to make things work better. The skills that engineers bring is the fact that they are detailed-oriented. They pay good attention to uh, to details. They are very analytical and are trained in systemic problem-solving. Numeracy skills are critical. They take risk, but they are also very aware of risk mitigation and risk management. All of these things are the skill sets that come into play to make... You see, we are not just good managers. No. Engineers make good leaders. That's what they make. So, you find out that they go into MBA classes and, you know, they're able to acquire the skills. And if you really check in in data and research that has been done, you find out that most new management paradigms are brought about by engineers because we don't only apply what we are taught, but we actually test them and make sure that we're able to apply them to new and green areas. Unfortunately for us, what we're beginning to see with even MBAs is that they become, instead of being very practical oriented, they become very, almost like grammar. You know what I mean? So you go and you learn the applications, you write an exam and you pass it. You know, and some of them come into the world and, you know, if we say engineers, ask if you was trying to make the arguments that you find some of them flooring, that the, the, the disaster that is caused by people who just have only MBAs, it, it's, in Ghana you can see them. And for me, what I want all of us to see is to go back, you know, just look, take data, and that's what we do very well. We use empirical data as our basis to be able to take decisions. And those are one of the critical skills that you would require in today's world. To the extent that, you see, now even in the newsrooms, you're finding out that media brands that are winning are media brands that are introducing engineers and mathematicians in the newsroom. Even storytelling. Be able to use what you have seen in the past. Be able to tell a pattern in it and be able to predict the future. You can use that even in journalism. How much more in the world of business so that the engineer is able to take all the data that exists when you start talking about big data and all of that it is just it's engineering so interestingly we have other people who are from the mbas also acquiring some skills in engineering one of the things i would concede to 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 uh, uh Kofi is the fact that when we get into mba classes you know we are able to g- g- 
pick up the skills that they, 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 they have started with. But you look at it. Look at people who've gone to school and they're just done uh, only, only administration. And if you, want to do, if you want to do a comparison, compare at that point. Or take two people, somebody who did law or did anything, and they both sit in the engineering class, in, in the MBA classroom. You will find out that the, the engineer would come out better. So, yes, it's true. We come into MBA and we're able to pick, pick the skills and deliver. But without the engineering basis, you will find out that really there's very little you'll be able to do. And, and there's so much data, data sets that are showing that. You know, an interesting thing that we're seeing, we're beginning to see, most of the top businesses globally, now most of them are the, the, the uh, IT companies. And most of those companies are run by engineers. You don't see M straight, only straight MBA people running these businesses who are making the difference. And that, that just tells you that the skill set that we require to be able to excel. And for us in Ghana, one of the things that I would want to... Uh, the, 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 the thesis that I would want to come up with is that we need to start getting engineering, some of the engineering courses mainstream such that once you go to school, you start acquiring them. The ability to be able to analyze numbers, ability to be able to critically examine the things that are around you and do analysis, that is a key prerequisite for any engineering degree. And that is what we bring to the job. And that's what makes us good leaders, not managers. Those are the thoughts of Ken Ashibi. And before I summarize your thoughts, Ken, what would you say to those who are saying that increasingly engineering as a study is becoming more theoretical than practical and solution oriented? I, I, well, I, do, I don't know which engineering, in, which engineering people are looking at because what you're beginning to find is even the engineering that we're doing today, even in Ghana, if you just, just, just limit it to Ghana, it's be, to be an engineer who would make a mark, you need to be able to move from the theory to the practical. And the interesting thing is that, you see, let's not take engineering only to the hard engineering. If you bring it into the world of IT and all of that, you're beginning to see younger people who might not even have gone into engineering school take these things and use them to solve problems for us. And all of that, you know, the IT space, all of that is engineering. And so, well, it's, it's rather the opposite. Engineering is becoming now more practically oriented. And to be able to make a difference, you need to be able to apply that to your situation and solve the problem. The good thing about engineering is that the linkages between the theory and the practical is so tight and it has to show, it has to show and be able to show results. Showing results, that's a big point Ken Ashibi is trying to make in conclusion to his thoughts. Let me give you a summary of what Ken Ashibi has been saying. If you just joined us, this is a debate between the engineers and the MBAs. Who makes better managers? Uh, we started with the thoughts by Kofi Bentel, who uh, interestingly argued against the motion, but he spoke first, and he laid some interesting foundations. And in his response, or in his main submission, Ken Ashibi has been saying that the best students are, are, are typically taken into the engineering and the medicine uh, um, course. He says that engineers question issues in order to, to create or, or find the context to be able to solve things better. He says that in addition to the Harvard Business Review report that we cited, there is also the top 100 brands globally. He says the top six are run by engineers. He says that admittedly the issues like emotional intelligence, people management and communication that are often cited as the weaknesses of engineers 
are counteracted by their sense of curiosity. And so when they find themselves in MBA classes, and that's when Kubento smiled. When he said they find themselves in MBA classes, they are able to, to adapt better. He says, typically, an engineer is one detail-oriented, two analytical, three, they have numerous skills, and four, they are risk-takers who are able to execute and get things done. He says they are not just great managers, they are also great leaders. He says the new management paradigms are typically developed by engineers. He goes on to say MBAs have become very grammatical and he says all the new developments like big data are typically engineering phenomena. He says engineers gather data, analyze, observe patterns and make decisions. Skills that can be used even in journalism. If it can be used there, how much more in management. His final point is that every development you see in the IT space and all those exciting new developments are literally extensions of engineering because engineers get results. Those are the thoughts of Ken Ashigbe in this debate between engineers and also managers or, or MBAs who makes better managers. Let me give you some thoughts that um, have been trending on social media before I bring in my, my practitioners who were different or, or both hats to give us some perspective. But the most interesting one is about somebody who says ECG has been run by engineers. That's right? So <laughs> true. <laughs> right from inception. Yes. It's, it's Bona from Tema. He says on Facebook, yes. he says, Albert, ECG has been run by engineers since it was incorporated. The result is evident now for us mm-hmm. all to know. Mm-hmm. I am just reading Bona's thoughts. They don't represent my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, Christian Poforiti from Australia says he will go for an engineer. He's a mining engineer, so you can understand why he will go for that one. He cites people like Jack Walsh, and he says yes. they are operationally crisp CEOs, and there's an army of them. Yes. Stephen Deborah Samoa also goes along the same line. He says, I've been led by three different electrical engineers. One as a CEO, and the other two as project leaders, and it was an awesome learning experience. Um... Daniel Opal has a very another interesting perspective. He says engineers understand business optimization better than MBAs. People with MBAs think in terms of profit. Engineers think in terms of systems development and productivity. Jonathan Azupay is of a different opinion. He says not necessarily. I think those I know with engineering backgrounds who venture into business do so to give them the necessary tools to be able to excel in their fields. There's loads and loads of comments and I will take them as I go along. But I have somebody who wears both hats on the line and it's Kofidazi, the CEO of Rankard. Good evening, Kofidazi. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Reverend Okran. How are you doing? Kofi, what are your thoughts? You wear both hats as an engineer, also as a, as a management <laughs> practitioner. What are your thoughts on this? Everything that Kofi Bento said actually points back to why engineers or rigorous engineering training and that's where i would make the qualification rigorous engineering training versus just engineers in general so while why rigorous engineering training actually is the bedrock of the most effective management and this is well known and understood in history so if i put under rigorous engineering training a number of disciplines including many aspects of the practice of medicine, some aspects of the practice of law, architecture, and then all the extended specific engineering disciplines, so chemical engineering, mechanical engineering, civil engineering, but as can I said, especially the disciplines of electrical engineering, and here's why. 
electrical engineering is the one or, or electrical and computer engineering is where you go into the depths of physics and chemistry the extent of science and you go all the way down to molecular theory and you go down to the understanding of electrons and how they move what the composition of voltage is and why we are able to represent literally everything we do today from cooking to flight from medicine to construction down to the fields of engineering and IT you know and why all of the analysis and the determination of the most complex decisions including decisions about going to war about the resources you need to attain anything significant uh, down to engineering training and why that people with this sort of training make the best managers is this essentially Kofi Bento talked about that a good manager must have the ability to define their challenges, assemble it, find their skills to compose and, ex um, and execute a solution. And fundamentally, this is what engineers are taught to do, to look at any problem, to break it down into its component parts until you arrive at solvability, to be able to determine what skills are needed and to be able to even learn and adapt those skills yourself or find people who have the ability to do that and then compose it back into a meaningful solution and system as an outcome. So the challenge that engineers constantly have, whether it's the car you're driving, the phone you're using, the radio you're listening to, the lights you turn on, um, the home you live in, the clothes you wear, the food you eat, how it's packaged, distributed, shipped, and all of that, the challenge engineers have is constantly is to produce products and services that are constantly measured used in the medical field, used in aviation, used in management systems, constantly measured by people using and consuming these things in critical situations all the time. If you are in the process of being, um, 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 going through a surgical operation, there are engineering tools and implements and the practice of engineering at play. If it's flight, it's there. If it's food you're eating, it's there. So engineers' work is constantly being measured for impact it's also constantly being measured for value so engineers the rigorous training of engineering demands that you understand the end user that you understand the market you understand the context in which the product you are bringing out is going to be used you understand the cost components that go into the final product coming out so you have to understand the competitive environment as well if you look at the uh, uh, let me let me let me let me ask a question as ops, marketing finance admin and support an engineer has to take all of these things into consideration when coming out with a useful product. And this is how the rigorous engineering training is undertaken and why fundamentally when you see an engineer put into an MBA environment, a, a properly trained engineer, they tend to easily adapt the um, disciplines in whether it's in finance, economics, strategy, marketing, accounting, that um, um, are typically taught in MBA skill down to the basics of what engineers must learn. Can I analyze the problem in front of me? Can I find the right solution to it? Can I break it down into its component parts and can I deliver value, which is what managers are being asked to do. Thank you very much, Kofi Dazi. It's obvious that some of the points you raised are the points that Kofi Bento was speaking to, the fact that there, there, may, be, there may be a certain orientation by virtue of the engineering training to enable you to do the things that 
are required. But his, his, the point of difference and something that you partially allude to is the fact that when you come into the MBA class, that is when you get the skills that you actually do need to be able to execute the things that you mentioned. But before uh, I, 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 I allow you to respond, I also have sure. Mrs. Lucy Quist on the line to give us some perspective. So stay on the line, Kofi Dazi. Let me go to Lucy Quist to get some understanding of her perspective on this matter. Hello, Lucy. Good evening. Good evening, Reverend Okan. Good evening, um, Engineer Ten and Lawyer Kofi, and Engineer Kofi as well. <laughs> Kofi, as you've been given Kofi Benson, you've been given another title, Engineer Kofi, but it, it means that you have been co-opted into the engineering family. You know, you know, I've been listening intently, so. Um, I, I just have to. I just have to say that. Right. So let me, Lucy. We are having a discussion and trying to to look at the different kinds of orientation and the predisposition that the different um, disciplines uh, provide for your development. You have the distinction of being an engineer by training and also having attended one of the finest MBA schools in the world in Seattle. So obviously you passionately wear both hats. I mean, without being biased, Lucy, tell me, which of them prepared you more for your role as a manager? Reverend <laughs> um, I think ultimately, I, I mean, because the question on the table was whether MBAs or engineers make better CEOs. Um, I think great leaders make great CEOs. Um, to, to, uh, being a CEO to me is about leadership because your job is to get the company to deliver its best and that means every single person in the company has to be pulled along on that journey to deliver their best. So where do engineering and MBAs fit into that? I think engineering is a great um, first initial discipline, not just from studying it theoretically, but actually practicing it as, as an engineer. And I, I heard Kofi enumerate some of the things uh, rigorous engineering training does. I won't go over that. But it does allow you to look at problems and create solutions no matter what, right? But the great thing about an MBA and what an MBA adds to that is I use my own self as an example. I knew that even though I was doing well as an engineer, I felt that there was a gap between me and all the other things I, ne- I needed to do. And I could have chosen the path of going to work in, in, in different functions for another, I don't know, 10 years and eventually get there. But what an MBA does is that it, it's almost a... Um, uh, uh, back to engineering speak. You're short-circuiting the routes that it will take to get you um, the other skills you need. You go and learn marketing, you go and learn sales, and because you're an engineer, yes, you're readily willing to apply those things and able to do so, but it's really about understanding that gap analysis between where you are today and where you want to get to, and that's what an MBA does. If you do an MBA just as a, a piece of paper, another uh, qualifications you get. It, it's neither here nor there. It doesn't add anything to you. And in that case, if you're going to do a paper MBA, you might as well just focus on being a great engineer and, and becoming a great leader. But if you're really going to focus on understand the learnings that you need to plug certain holes, such as organizational management, economic, macroeconomic theory, these things that you wouldn't have learned through engineering, but you them to on that leadership journey i think that in my mind if you can complement your engineering with an mba that's the pretty much the best of both worlds right i i, I knew that somehow no matter which side you turn to you will end up on this point you actually wrote your conclusion before you started oh. <laughs> <laughs> so lucy quest is is, is 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 joining her thoughts with those of kofi Dazi who talks about rigorous 
or vigorous engineering training and what it prepares you for. She also submits that what the MBA adds to that is the when you do the gap analysis between your where you are and where you want to be, you know you have the predisposition, but there is something lacking, and that is what the MBA does provide. So her conclusion is, get both, one in your left, one in your right hand, and you are ambidextrous. You are cool, and you are good for life. Right, so those are the thoughts of Lucy Quist. Um, let me find out if Kofi Daze will add one more thing before I go to Professor P.K. Richardson. Kofi Daze, what are your thoughts about what Lucy just shared with us? Reverend Oken, I think um, Lucy put it beautifully when she ended with, um, complementing your engineering with an MBA. You see, the word complement right there shows that it is the additive. And so if you want to be a great leader, which involves management skills because you're going to organize resources and systems towards achieving a significant goal and outcome, then yes, you are going to need some additional disciplines which are not... Um, organized a partic- in a particular way in engineering school, but all the engineering discipline you've had in any rigorous program will make it easy for you to adapt the, these additional skills, which come under the labels like strategy and finance and economics and marketing and accounting. They are things which the proper engineering training prepare you well to adapt for. So i just quickly like to wrap up on the point that if we look at some of the greatest feats accomplished in history. Some of them which are um, in residual form are some of the monuments we see or, or even major landmarks we see. They were typically led by philosopher, engineering kings and priests. They were people who could envision a significant concept and could translate it into something that could be built and executed they could supervise it and see it through to its outcome. So the world's most famous cathedrals, the pyramids we see, the archipelago that extends the Lebanese city of Tad today, these are things that were executed by leaders who were fundamentally engineers and architects, but also had the discipline to organize people to deliver a vision and a significant outcome. So that's what I'd, I'd like to add to um, to round up and that I wish that everybody who could who has the aptitude would go through engineering training at the beginning and then find a way to extend that into whatever other field where they find their passion be it medicine cooking um, or whatever other area I mean th- this is worse than Lucy <laughs> You are, you are an unapologetic. He's saying that now engineering should be the basis of all education. Whether you want to go into catering, you want to go into fashion, whatever you want to go into, even to become a pastor, just do engineering first and after that go into it. Lucy, I mean, how do you find Kofidaz's conclusion? You know, I hate to sound terribly biased, but I can assure you that you, you can't go wrong with engineering. In fact, no, that's the wrong thing. Don't go wrong. I agree with him that if everybody, I wish, if everybody could actually get some engineering. You know, it's about the problem solving. Honestly, Reverend, look around us. Look at our country around us. Let's take only Ghana. The problems we see around us, we have so many engineering problems that we need solved. Lucy, I can can assure you that there's a fight. Another fight has started in the studio because when you mentioned Ghana, the the, the protagonists say the problems in Ghana are caused by the engineers. (laughs) 
So I can tell you that you me to talk this, argument, this argument will continue right into the night. But let me thank you, Lucy Christ. <laughs> Got whole, the whole nation going, and we thank you for that. <laughs> All right, so let me say a big thank you to Kofi of Rankard for joining us, and to Lucy Christ also for helping us with perspectives. And and I must say that the issue of complementarity has, has come out very clearly. That the ideal combination or one very fine combination is to have an engineering foundation or basis, and then top it up with an MBA after conducting a gap analysis between where you are and where you want to be. And Kofi ends very beautifully when he says some of the greatest achievements in this world have been accomplished by what he calls philosopher engineering kings and priests. So thank you, Kofi Dazi, and thank you, Lucy Quist, for your thoughts. All right, back into the studio. I have Kofi Bentel versus Kenneth Ashibe in the issue of the engineers versus the MBAs. We've listened to the thoughts of Lucy Quist, also to um, Kofi Dazi. But back into the studio, let me give the first chance of rebuttal to Kofi, Kofi Bentel on this matter. Unfair to me. You've lined up three engineers against me. All right, let me line and up the fourth one. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> let, me, let me bring from the United Kingdom, <laughs> Professor P.K. Richardson, to bring some thoughts before I'll give you extra time. Yes, Believe yes, me. Yes, 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 but, but one thing that the engineers have all done is give you a shit membership of but the But that's the point I'm making. Even though they are biased, they have come to the point I was at. I, I, I agree about that. Don't worry, I'm with you. I am with you, my brother. <laughs> all right. Hello, good evening, Professor P.K. Richardson. Robert, how are you? I'm very well. So you're having a fantastic argument in here or a debate about engineers versus MBAs and who makes who makes better better uh, um, um, managers. You have an engineering background. Many people were very surprised to find out this week. And then you also have taught the uh, MBA programs across the world, principally from the Manchester Business School and then in various continents of this world. Tell me, Piki, who makes yes. better managers? Engineers actually make very good managers. Better, we may want to question that, but they make very, very good managers. And the reasons are simple. They tend to be detail-oriented. They tend to be analytical. They train systematic problem-solving. And these are the basic qualities or basic ingredients that make them very good candidates for the top job. If you look at Australia, for example, look at the corporate titans leading Australia's top 50 companies. They are likely to have degrees in engineering as in commerce or economics. And if you look around the world, a combination of sound engineering acumen with an MBA from a top business school tends to be a common path to the executive office. Very, very common. Look at examples like uh, Microsoft's CEO, Satya Nadella. Look at GM's Mary Barra. For the first time, you have a woman running GM. Um, cars tend to be male things, but we have a, a woman actually running GM now, Mary Barra, and she's an engineer. And Amazon's Jeff Bezos is an engineer. An interesting example also is Klaus Schwab. This is the guy who founded um, and is currently the executive chairman for World Economic Forum. He has an engineering PhD under his belt. Engineers in general are found to be very good at attention to details, access, problem solving, numeracy risk management and analysis. Of course, there's a flip side also, and we have to be very honest with that. On the flip side, many engineers lack emotional intelligence, leadership, people management, and communication abilities, what we call soft skills in management. But these can be addressed by training to assist them transitioning into management arena. And if they are modest enough 
to know that they can always be better. And I say that the biggest room in the world is the room for improvement. They are very smart, they are very, very clever, but if they can uh, bring themselves to be modest, humble enough to um, know that there are other skills they don't have, they can easily get the skills under their belt and become the best in the world when it comes to money. I've taught so many of my MBA students uh, who, who had MBA um, engineering background, and they did extremely well in a class. And I've taught it all over the world, as you say, and uh, I've come across engineers and they were on top. When I moved from engineering to management, um, the initial problem is the soft skills. Um, we didn't have and I didn't have. And um, things like words like mergers and acquisitions were new things to me. And uh, mergers, for example, I knew, I knew about mergers, but I didn't realize that mergers have as many names as illicit love, acquisitions, takeover, joint ventures, strategic alliances. I didn't know that. But once I had learned that, once I had learned that, I saw everything and I got everything to be straightforward and easy. You know, people were struggling with the creation of straight lines. I mean, in engineering, you do triple integrals. <laughs> Piki, I can tell you that I can tell you that you have caused some of my listeners to take their their slide rules and their their notepads and their iPads to write down those. Piki, in conclusion, would you would you in conclusion would you allude to the same point made by Lucy and Kofi that a combination gives you an advantage? It does, it does, because you see, um, a typical engineer um, like I was is interested in designing the best products in the world. But who cares if nobody wants the best products in the world? Engineers tend to think that what excites them, excites the, the, the market, excites the customer. And if you can bring them to understand what the customer really wants, they can actually give the best. So a combination is the route to the top job. Thank you very much, Professor Piki Richardson. You, you covered it up very nicely. A combination is a route to the top job. So this debate is about engineering versus MBAs. Who makes better managers? Let me read the opinion of a doctor writing to us from, from the U.S. He says, I know this is from the left field, but engineers who go into medicine make amazing physicians and surgeons. He says, Leonardo da Vinci saw himself not as a painter, but as an engineer. So he says he also, he also does painting, but he actually is an engineer. Let me give Kofi Bentel a chance to do some rebuttal because he says he's surrounded by engineers. But, but PK spoke for you, actually. So, Kofi, your thoughts? No, I'm making the point. The point I'm making is that, you see, you've lined up four engineers against me. So if that, we're scoring... That, that, four, that, tells you, that, tells no. you, that tells you how strong you are because no. these engineers are also, all, also, all, also MBAs. So I'm making the point because it's a debate. <laughs> and if we're scoring this objectively, that even tells you that if I am way against the four and I'm doing fine, then I'm going very high. <laughs> then the important thing is that each of them comes to this conclusion. And I started by saying that this debate is going to end up revealing that even the naming of it, there's an anomaly there. Yeah. These are managers. They're not engineers. The engineer is the background. And everyone who has come here has said that, yes, it's, useful, it's a useful background to have, you know, but you necessarily have to go and put in that gap. If you don't put in the gap, forget it. Now, let me tell you something. Theodore Levitt, who is a marketing guru, mm -hmm. said that to a man with a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Mm -hmm. What it means is that you tend to solve problems from your own point of view. Because they are engineers, they know what engineering brings to management. So they will tout engineering. All right? But I can tell you that if the people... Look, Apple. Okay? Apple is the most innovative company we've seen for a century, maybe forever. Run with an engineer. It wasn't an engineer. 
run by an engineer now. No, it wasn't an engineer who drove that company to become the most valuable company in the world. Indeed, if you read the story of Apple, they were resisting innovation because engineers solve problems. Point I want to make is that the person, Steve Jobs, will tell you that you need to get art. And essentially, that is what design is about. And it's all about design, and then engineering becomes a means to an end. In other words, musicians will tell you that music is a good base. Artists will tell you artists, art is a good base. You know, I will tell you marketing is a very good base. Uh, Lucy says something. He says something about time. rigorous. Let me end on this. Right. Look, if you go through rigorous MBA training, quantitative analysis is a major part, and it gives you all those things that engineer would have given you coming into the program. So, to you, engineering is a subset of the MBA. It is a subset. That all is right. why they have to do the top up. Thank you very much. I just want to tell Kofi that you see, MBAs without engineering background as a flop. And most of the time, that's what engineers but let me, let me, can't get nothing yes, done. Wow, well, you see, but you see, the interest, the good thing about all of this is to say that I think that two things have to happen. We need to change our curriculum. We need to start lacing, quantitative skills, you know, education with a lot of the engineering skills, but also making sure that before the engineers will leave school, a lot of the soft skills are taught. Mm-hmm. If you're able to do that, we will produce a lot more great engineers who would be great leaders. And managers. Thank you very much, Kofi Bentel, and thank you very much, Kenneth Ashinbe. This should have been a two-hour two program. Yeah, this debate I was going to could go show on you all night. But let me, give you, let me give you uh, um, 30 seconds, Kofi Bentel, since you had four engineers against you. And in, you. in these 30 seconds, don't tell me your conclusion about the MBAs. Tell okay. me the truth as you believe it in your heart, not for the... Greatest MBAs. Was consultant to General Elect- um, a GM which is an engineering company. They resisted him for 30 years and now have come to realize that he was true all the time. It puts the whole thing into context. Mm. Engineers focus on solving a problem today. And then you have to look at innovation, design, and look at tomorrow. Now, without those other skills, they can be very, very, very catastrophic in the workplace. So, agreed, the base is good. But what we need is a manager, a leader, somebody who can lead a company, okay, with those skills which you can get in a good MBA program, rigorous MBA program. So, indeed, if we can put it in just like the engineer can put in that gap, what you need is a good leader, a good manager, not just an engineer. I can tell you this, for all those who say the question was not well framed, it was deliberate to get the kind of reaction that we got. This has been probably the debate that was started and finished on social media before we came into the studio. On behalf of my bosses, Comfort, Matthew, Priscilla, and Amos, my name is Albert Okan. I've enjoyed listening and learning from these two great giants, Kofi Bentel and Kenneth. I should be a very rigorous debate, if I may use that word, to close. But I must tell you, the point I found the most interesting did not even come from the two people in the studio. It came from Kofi Dazu, who said, if you did engineering as you should do it, it will be the foundation for cooking, for fashion, <laughs> and for everything. They call it, you do all. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233 Zero, zero, zero. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com, or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. 
Until we come your way again, always remember, you are blessed indeed. Oh, oh, oh. Searching the light, the light has come.